Welcome to our campaign! Set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. Today's episode is brought to you by C4 Labs, makers of amazing board game and RPG accessories, including dice towers, dice trays, and trading card deck boxes. Great as gifts, or just for yourself, and with free shipping in the US. I've been using their walnut dice coasters at my table for a year, and I can tell you they are unmatched. You can find their laser-crafted products at c4labs.com. Once again, that is c4labs.com. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin! Welcome back to Electroval. We begin today, or rather this evening, above the Starlight District of the Upper City. The wide plaza and maze-like streaks zigzag below the massive ferris wheel that ever so slowly rotates. The ambient sounds are no different than they are before, except faintly the sounds of sirens, flashing red and blue lights can be seen in one area of the Starlight District, an area that is slightly dimmer than the rest. One whose lights, many of them, were ruptured from the most recent electrical surge that had crippled several blocks. That's not the only casualties that were had. For this epicenter surrounds a flickering neon sign that faintly reads the crocodile's ball gown. We drift away from this alleyway, above, above the Starlight District, and we drift through lights. sounds, and we hear the peal of thunder ripple across the city and the land beyond. The first pitter-pats of raindrops collide with the window of a diner beyond the blackout range. Faint music can be heard playing from magical devices in the corner and a waitress serves drinks to about the two denizens that are currently occupying the space that's late at night. As she walks around in her apron, this half-orc woman sees a figure come in, a faint ringing of a bell. This man walks rather inconspicuously, other than the 
cloak he's wearing, which seems to have been burnt as though scorched by electricity. This figure walks in and says to the waitress, Only need to use the wire. She nods and gestures towards the back of the little diner where there's a kiosk covered in band stickers and flyers. A sort of telephone mount. Like a booth. A single coiled cord running beneath a mechanism with dials and buttons and a slot for coin. As he approaches the kiosk in the back of the room and closes a small door, he inspects the kiosk below the coin slot and finds a tiny little sigil of an eye. And deftly from around his neck pulls out a key and slips it inside the indentation. He picks up the phone, and after only a moment, a muffled voice we can hear from outside seems to speak to him. We hear the figure say, He's dead. Understood. Awaiting further orders. Going dark. And with a deft click, he hangs the phone up, pulls out the key, and slides it back under his shirt. And as the signs of electricity spark from the communication device, the waitress is already passing him with an out-of-order sign as he makes his way back into the bustle of the night and the din of the rain. But that isn't where our story takes place, at least not yet. And with a peal of thunder, we come outside the Maison Blue, the main precinct of the Velvet Blue, the mercenary-esque police force that keeps peace and order in Electroval. And as rain drizzles down the windows, and passerbys begin seeking cover from the rain. We are brought inside. A stark room. The sounds of rain can be heard momentarily as a figure steps inside and are muffled as soon as the door is closed. This room is occupied by two chairs bolted to the ground, as well as a table, and a pair of handcuffs that's a lankier, bugbearer individual, stripped of most of their belongings to be placed in storage, and told to wait for the investigator Mind you, that was close to five hours ago. Who knows what ungodly time of night it might be now. 
Soup, what mm-hmm. has been going on through your mind as you uh, have sat here in velvet blue detention? Well, this is definitely my first run-in with any sort of law enforcement or justice organization. I've never been, I've never committed any trouble, at least nothing serious. And uh, very, very out of place. I'm very worried about what they've done to my staff because that thing's definitely one of a kind. And I haven't, I just, I haven't had it off of my person since I can remember. I really want that back and I hope it's okay. And I'm wondering what's taken them so long. I guess then, as we're on the topic, Yenden, how has your detention been? Uh, I'm getting kind of lonely. Uh, this was my first time being taken prisoner for anything. But it seems a lot nicer than what I've heard from some of my comrades from before. Uh, Hugo, what have you been like during your isolation within this stark room? Hugo's been doing as much fidgeting and lack of pacing as possible probably saying things like <laughs> well well I'll find a lawyer and I'll get him to come down here and release me at once release me at once I I'm, I'm Hugo you know me <sighs> and the individual who brought you a glass of water there's nothing as they walk out of the room and sky I'm pretty calm, but uh, annoyed, to say the least. This is all a misunderstanding, and surely someone I know in this department is coming to let me out soon, or at least they'd better be. In five hours. If you had to guess, it might even be more than that, but the light's too bright in here, and you can't quite get comfortable enough to properly get too much of a rest. Fortunately, you weren't exactly injured in the previous conflict. Previous incident that took place earlier this evening. And we return back to not only Soup, but all of you have a figure walking in. You're unsure exactly down to the minutes how long it's been. But you see this woman walk in. She's a half-orc. Dressed in a white, kind of a striped police shirt. That's buttoned up. Except for the sort of top button, which is a little bit crooked from the rest of it. Her haphazard demeanor is challenged by the confidence she carries in her stride. The look on her face shows signs of sleepless nights of case file reading and perhaps whatever else plagues her in the evening. Nonetheless, she introduces herself. Hello, my name is Chief Alyssus Ulimbreth. I'm lead investigator here at the Velvet Blue. I'm going to ask you some questions. 
I believe your name is... We had it taken down as soup. Uh, yep, that, that's what it is. Alright. I'm gonna begin with... Uh, what exactly you were doing uh, this previous evening on the night of the 20th? Night of the 20th. That was... Yeah, that's this evening. Uh, dates. I, I went to the concert. I was invited to the concert. I was given a ticket. And that's what I was doing. If you want me to recount what I saw and what happened, I'd, I'd be glad to. What time is it? M Mrs. Sky. You have a last name? Diver. Skydiver. What was your business on the night of the 20th? I was attending the concert. I I am a huge fan of Mr. Brassleaf, and uh, I've enjoyed his work for years. Yenden, you are asked the same question. Uh, I went over to the Crocodile's Ball Gun, I believe it's called, to see a concert by Hugo Brassleaf. Hugo. Um, you hadn't heard. I was performing. And then in the middle of the concert, my automatons attacked me. And, well, the rest of the group as well. Anyway. You see she writes down on a piece of paper. They were your automatons. They were your purchase. Well, yes, but I didn't get them new. How so long were know. you in possession for these AYR androids? Barely a week. I don't even know what happened. I just got them working literally a minute before the concert. Who was in charge of operating them and handling them and managing maintenance on them? My manager, Jared. Write it down. Well. Do you know where we'd be able to get in contact with this Jaren? No, he recently left my employ when the, uh, the things attacked. I don't know why. I, uh, I can't believe soup. this is happening. Panning to soup. Soup. Please state your uh, current place of business. I work with the College of the Macabre, uh, currently in maintenance of the sewers. Do you have any experience working in uh, technical facilities, such as uh, tinkering, electronics, plumbing, automatons, aether tech? I know nothing of such. Do you have any family members in the city who operate in such jurisdictions? Yes, I do. I have a sister. Please state the name of your sister and how Loaf. we will be able to contact them. Uh, Loaf is currently out of the city doing some charitable work, but... Are they a sibling probably... by blood? Yes. A bugbear as well? Mm-hmm. What can you state their place of employment? Uh, jumpstart initiative. Do they have any sort of... She writes it down. Do you know if your sister has any experience working with automatons? I don't know, and I don't think so. Who was aware of your travel plans to see Hugo Brassleaf this evening? Uh, Jack 
if you know him, Jack, that the pretty well-known name in the college. Um, Jack, Jack gave me the ticket. Any and other I name was, besides Jack? I was who's with in the college. Who's in the college? I didn't really understand if he's in the college or not, but I was attending with Gendon. Cutting to Gendon. Gendon, she asks you, "Where are you employed?" Uh, at a construction site. Uh, I don't think I ever got the name. She writes down a note. What was your business on the night? Uh, I'd already said so. I was at the Crocodile's Ball Gown to see Hugo Brassi in concert. Who was aware of your planning to attend it, the uh, concert? I believe that's Jack. Do you or any of your family members uh, work in utility, such as uh, tinkering, electronics, plumbing, automatons, Aethertech? Um, don't know about those last two, but I've done a bit of stuff with... I don't know. Whatever I've got around. What is your... I didn't get this from you when they brought you in. What is your age? Uh... Uh... 30. Roll a deception check. Oh, shit. Um... That's seven. She raises an eyebrow as we cut to Hugo. What do you know about Mr. Gilded? Were you aware of his intentions to attend the event last evening? I was only made aware by my manager about three minutes before the show started. Couldn't have helped with the, with the jitters of it. What is your relationship with Mr. Gilded? That's a bold assumption. Wanted a relationship with him for so long. Not not that kind, mind you. Just he's the most famous man in town. Of course I'm Do you have to... business do you have business and or family relations with any other carrying the title of merchant prince? No. No. But that's been something I was striving for. What do you know about the Free Legion? If it doesn't pertain to me, my music or anything I'm attending, I know basically nothing. Who had access to your automatons previous evening? Did you perform any sort of maintenance on them prior to the events that transpired? Yes. It was just a simple prepare. Do uh, you contain licensing to handle automatons? Well, no, but it was just following instructions in the manual to set them up and turn them on. Who signed off on, who, who provided you the license to manage these automatons? Well, that would be the person I purchased them from. <sighs> little... We checked your belongings, we did not find a license among them. Nor did we find them at the scene of the crime. I honestly don't know what to say. Mr. Hugo? Mr. Brassleaf? I don't know how to bring this to you, but... You're facing a lot of trouble. What? Even on the events that transpired. See. To be fair, the Velvet Blue could bring you in for negligent maintenance of Aether Tech technology. How? How is this even possible? I, I literally just... It was a booklet. It was a book that said what you need to do to make this thing tick. Operating advanced machinery without proper credentials 
indoor training. This was a user's manual, not a ma maintenance license personnel manual. How? And possibly conspiracy for the murder. One Mr. Gilded. No, no, no. You've got this all wrong. Why would I even want to commit? I barely even knew the man. I wanted to know the man. I just got these automatons a week ago. Ma'am, Miss, Miss, Miss Skydiver. I'm yes. going to ask these questions again. Do you have any family members in the city or beyond? Well, yes, beyond. Please state the names of your family members. I, I'd rather not to protect my own privacy. You like look towards her? Yeah. All right. What do you know about the Free Legion? Do you have any affiliation with them? Would you consider yourself a sympathizer for their cause? No. No, I, I... Where are you currently employed? Yes. I asked you where are you currently employed, not if you are employed. Ma'am, please listen to the questions. I apologize. I'm self-employed. Would you mind repeating me again how you gained access to the VIP lounge? We did not find a invitation on your person. You see, I... I was escorting a very nice lady who'd requested my help um, up into the box. She she wanted me to, um, to help her carry some of her things um, as she was older. We have eyewitness reports that you were seen first standing over the body of one Portsmouth Gildy. Well, yes, that is true. I did stand over his body. I did not, however, injure him in any way. He was what dead. What was your business on the body? While I was in the VIP lounge um, helping the lady, I, I heard um, a disturbing sound of someone falling to the ground, and, and since everyone else was watching what was going down um, on the ground floor, I decided to break in and see if I could help. You'll notice- There are the reports that you had caused much distress for several influential visitors. Well, that was not my- show. I'd like to know how exactly you attained it. We spoke to a individual who was in charge of delivering pyrotechnics to the scene. They described someone resembling your appearance. Sipping into the venue. Not exactly dressed for the box seats. I, I don't know anything about that, but uh, I must just have one of those faces. How did you gain access to the venue, if not via the loading dock? A ticket. Roll a deception check. Sixteen. All right. She moves on. Back to soup. What do you? What is your relationship with uh, one Portsmouth Gilded who was found dead at the scene of the crime? I don't even know who that is. She writes something down, looks over at you. 
and sets the pen down and speaks to you directly and says, Listen, Soup, you're in a bit of trouble. Soup is just kind of looking around like, what? <laughs> I don't understand why I could be in trouble. I saved lives. I saved the There were reports the star. that you were on the floor during the middle of the confusion and that you had direct access and seemed to have disabled the automatons yourself. However, it was also described that you were found at the scene of the crime at the death of one Portsmouth Gilded. Do you possess any sort of uh, innate magical abilities? Uh, yeah, but they're not related Please to any of that. We state the nature of your magical abilities. Uh, I don't know beyond vaguely, vaguely. Do you ever channel any based? sort of? Do you channel any electronic or necrotic-based energy systems? Necrotic, but not electronic. And I'm she writes not that down. Very, I'm not adept with with the necrotic stuff. It's real new. Please understand. She lays it the the book down, and for a second she hears a little bit of commotion outside the door, and says, "Soup, it is." As I mentioned before, you're in a bit of trouble, and how it currently stands, we won't be able to get to the bottom of this as long as we don't have the full story. What do you know about the other individuals that were in the Crocodile's Ball Gown that evening? Uh, Hugo Brassleaf, Gienden, and a Skydiver. I... So I know two of those people. Who's... who's... who's Sky? You described an individual running through the room, uh, evading police, and digging through one of the trash receptacles we performed an investigation. We found nothing inside. Do you know what the individual mm. was looking for within? Wait, wait, wait. Let me line something up. Is Sky the one in, in the red dress? She was found wearing a red dress when we apprehended her. Indeed. <gasps> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, as I was coming in, I saw I saw her face. She had come in. She had bumped into me. Uh, but she was wearing, like, a maintenance uniform. Ah, oh, it's finally connecting. And You're saying that this individual in... was wearing a maintenance uniform prior yes, to yes. I, wearing I thought, the red dress. I thought she worked here. Sorry, it took me It took me a solid minute. Yeah, it's the same person. And you would be able to take an oath that this was the same person, indeed. I have no reason to lie. Cutting back to Skydiver. Miss Skydiver, we have a few witnesses on the account that you are indeed the same individual that you had worn two separate outfits upon infiltrating the crocodile's ball gown. I'm going to ask you again. She closes her sort of notes and looks over at you. What was your business in the box office area and with Portsmouth Gilded? I was watching the concert. I was assisting a lady who had asked for my help, and I did not hurt him in any way. When I arrived, he was, was already on the floor. To my knowledge, he was dead. Now, listen, as I mentioned, I'm self-employed. I'm self-employed as, in part, a consultant to 
the Velvet Blue. Now, I have not dealt with you directly in the past, but if you wouldn't mind maybe checking with some of your colleagues, um, I'm sure someone will be able were to... You on, were you that. arriving at the Crocodile's Ball Gown on Velvet Blue business? No. She opens the notes up and starts writing some more notes. Hugo Brasleif. What is your relationship? We found that you were traveling with one of the other suspects that we had detained, a bugbear individual who goes by soup. What is your relationship with them? Look, barely anything, but she she performed a miracle on me during that, that battle. I, I would have died had it not been for her. You were found accessing the VIP suite at the top of the, uh, the crocodile's ball gown together. Well, what is your relationship with the woman who was in the red dress? Oh, absolutely nothing. I saw her, and she was the one who first made us go check on M Mr. Mr. Hugo Brassleaf. I'm gonna have to ask you to calm down and speak clearly. She, she was the one. She, she went in to to see. Well, she's the reason. We went in to check on Gilded. She went in, and when we got there, she was out the door, and he was on the floor. Now, we assumed she had, she was the one, but she came back and was standing with us and insisted that, that it wasn't. I honestly have no idea what It to was think. true that she was moving away from police presence when she moved back into the room. Is that correct? I lost sight of her. Mr. Hugo Brassleaf. Yes. She starts leaning towards you, but before that, we're going to cut to Gienden. Gienden. She looks at you and says, There are reports that you were summoning some sort of aura around you. Do you possess any sort of innate magical abilities? Um, I can... I can basically enrage myself to improve my physical abilities. I haven't done that but nothing innately magical no i don't think interesting so. you're causing a lot of uh distraction on the scene we found you surrounded by the bodies of six individuals that we are still identifying did you kill these individuals no of course not i was were you part of a deaths. diversion were you part of a diversion as part of the plot to assassinate portsmouth gilded in the upper boxes. Who? She writes that down. Hugo Brassleaf. She looks at you and says, There are reports, and we spoke to the proprietor and uh, hired help of the establishment uh, by the names of Randolph and Lazar. They reported having spoken to your manager Jaren, as well as another contact who provided a direct and rather hefty sum of coin to have you play at the venue that particular evening approximately two weeks prior towards the attendance on the 10th. Hmm. What do you know about this? Honestly, I go where my manager tells me. He didn't even tell me I, I didn't even find out that, for some reason, Gilded was apparently involved, and 
why I was there in the first place. But you were indeed playing at it. Were you asked to perform any sort of special acts during there? Acts that may be considered uh, distracting or disruptive. Perhaps to draw attention away from the box area. No, I was asked... Were you part of a diversion in the plot to assassinate Portsmouth Gilded? The only diversion I'm part of is that of life's woes and sorrows. I know nothing. I don't... I was just there. It was a... It's a last hurrah, a last little throw of... Can I... Can I make... Can I keep this... This gig going? You can I... see that she is... Already bored. <laughs> as you go on your... Artistic yeah. woe. Yes. She looks... At you. And may I mention all of you. And says... Where it currently stands, you have a choice. We either expend velvet blue resources in keeping you housed and imprisoned for the conclusion of this investigation, or, and you see she slams a sort of uh, round sort of cufflet onto the table. The other option is, of course, and she sits on the table a uh, kind of like it looks kind of like a, a needle gun now you see this thing is a fun little uh, instrument that we got from some of the boys up in Citadel some of their scientists uh, have been working on ways of making individuals compelled to tell the truth the problem is and she just tosses against the wall it shatters against it the stuff's a piece of shit. I tried it before. On a couple of uh, hooligans I was investigating. One of them had a heart attack. And the other three... We could test it out on you. Or... We could put you on parole. Until the conclusion of our investigation. You will not be allowed to leave the city. You will have to wear this cufflet at all times. If you venture more than a hundred meters outside the outermost edge of the city, we will be able to identify you, track you, and will have full means to apprehend you even through lethal force. Is that understood? Yes, ma'am. So I'm going to give you a choice. Either she gestures towards the broken needle gun in the corner of the room, or she slides over the sort of couplet to the other side of the table. Hugo's gonna grab the couplet. I've got no reason to be outside the city in the first place. So you just snap it onto your arm? Yendon, the offer is made to you in a similar fashion. I've had no reason to lie to you, but I don't want to see what's on the other side of that needle. I'm gonna pick up the you really don't. <laughs> Even after through all what I've been through, gives me nightmares. Mm. So you you snap the couplet onto. Yep. Your wrist. Soup. 
I think I know what I'm gonna pick, but first, how long do you think this is gonna take? It's not, it's, I have family out there. How long it takes is entirely up to you. Uh, I've got nothing to lose and there's nothing I've been lying about. I take it and I snap it on. Be aware that taking on this cufflet, keeping on this responsibility, it does not void you of any of the suspicion that's placed upon you. It simply means that you'll be able to attend to your affairs in the city. Mm -hmm. I recommend that you prepare for the worst eventuality. Well, I prefer to keep my head. Hmm. Roll me a persuasion check, Sue, real quick. While we're on the topic of what potential punishment may be in store. Ooh, I'm not rolling good. That's a six. She makes no comment on what exactly punishment an Electroval would entail. Sky. Taking on this couplet will give us full reign to be able to track your location and identify you and be able to apprehend you. I can assure you. Looks at the broken needle gun in the corner of the room. That might not exactly be the uh, most efficient piece of technology coming out of the uh, Citadel Laboratories. But this thing here, I can assure you, no tinker in the city is going to help you get it off. What was that extra option about being housed? <laughs> well, we'll keep you housed here in a the uh, lower barracks. Though do be warned that uh, remaining here exactly uh, accommodations have to be met. And I'm sure you're aware of uh, how much research is invested into the Velvet Blue system from the Citadel Senate. So if you don't want to become a test subject for them for the next uh, well however long it takes to prove your innocence which uh looking at the reports we've got so far might be a while you might want to consider uh fine changing up your style a little bit fine put it on try on some new jewelry looking at the bracelet yes you're very funny i think i find this funny Listen, I've been through enough crap. I've been dragged through the sewers. I've been through every bit of scum, licked every single boot in this city. Whatever sort of pompous nobility you think you got, whoever you're, thank you're aligned with, I can assure you, you don't know the worst of it. Well, thank you very much for making that assumption. Now, if I put this on, will you leave? We'll get you processed out of here and, well, we'll be keeping a close eye. Oh, I'm sure. You snap it on? Yes. So, like, and, and as you snap it on, and the same goes to the rest of you, as you put on this sort of band, there's this, this sort of light blue kind of signature Aethertech color, and it go, <laughs> as you see the runes on it begin to glow, these sort of, uh, break in it like there isn't any sort of like hook mechanism it's literally just like a swinging latch and as it connects it's just a solid sort of plate of metal that seals itself together 
um, mm. essentially becoming a complete continuous band that adheres itself uh, to your wrist and is as strong as titanium. And yeah, it's a little bulky and uncomfortable, but you can move it around freely enough. Um, it's, it's tight. It, it glows a very faint bit of blue, and you can see there's a series of elvish runes that uh, seem to empower its properties. Uh, At which I... point... Oh. Hmm? Yeah, um, you had a, something you wanted to say? Yeah, can I... Can I know what the Elvish says if I have Elvish as a language? Um, it's not so much a language. It seems to, like, a lot of it is, like, very simple, like, Elvish runes, such as saying, uh, detect, um, mend, kind of, like, some of them will, like, have, like, simple runes on there, but the majority of it seems to be of some sort of arcane nature you don't really understand. Okay. And yeah. All of you. Are left alone in the room? For a little while. But not long. Not as long as you've waited before. Um, before she leaves, can I quickly ask her, uh, will we be, will I be getting my stuff back? You, as, as you reach her, she's about to close the door. Her belongings will be inspected and returned to you. All right, thank you. Gives you a nod and closes the door. About half an hour later, each of you is sent another detail who comes in and uh, takes off the sort of cuffs that had you uh, chained to the table. However, the, uh, the Aether Tech band that you have all voluntarily put on still continues to hum that faint color. As you step into the hallway, uh, you would probably, I'd say, uh, Sky is probably the least last one, because they were probably questioning her for a longer period of time, trying to get straight answers out of her, and not exactly being the most successful. Three of you eventually like are, are have like gathered your belongings. Yendon has just been released and he's kind of being given. Uh, you see like there's this sort of scrappy uh, half elven dude in there who like pulls out this big sledgehammer with a little tag on it and says, "Um, I, I think this is a yours, sir. Uh, uh found on your I, person. Just sure sign here. It's mine. Give me that. Slide you a little clipboard. Sign it." Sure, you just kind of sign. You get all your other stuff, and yeah, you've got this big sledgehammer you kind of took with you. This and isn't even my sledgehammer. Yeah, Sky, you're beginning to make your way out. You're kind of released out of that area, and, you know, you probably, like, give, like, a sour look to the dude who was walking you. And as you begin making your way towards the uh, counter to pick up your belongings, you see a sort of dark-skinned half-elven individual kind of pass you and say I did what I could talk to me this evening uh, I'll, I'll let you know the place and he'll kind of slip off I'm walking I'll kind of him. towards the back area yeah you say quietly tell him thank you so much I'll see you then 
truthfully, I couldn't get far. Ulysses has had, had this thing cracked down. I'm sure we can figure something out. Thank you, anyway. He, he looks at the little band. <sighs> he kind of, like, shivers looking at it. Not entirely confident that he can help you get out of this scrape the same way he's helped you get out of others. I understand. But, as you are kind of standing there, Sky, and you're gathering your uh, belongings, you see a figure step in <laughs> out of the bathroom area. A halfling individual wearing a Plague's Doctor mask says, Oh my god, guys! Oh, you okay? I've, I've been trying for hours, they wouldn't let me see you, I've been lobbying, I've been trying to pull every string that I had. I'm so sorry, Gindan, I'm so sorry, Soup. Uh, I, I shouldn't have let this happen. Uh, it should have been me going out there tonight. What? what? It wasn't It wasn't your fault. Don't don't worry. And Either way, Gendon and I were, were able to save a lot of people in that audience, so maybe it's a good yeah. one we were there. Well, that's I mean, just something that you can look a pleasure on. Yeah, yeah. You're able to get out. Is this thing? What, what's that thing on your arm? Uh, we got put oh, no. on parole, I think it's called. Until the investigation's over. Things. I hate those things. We we dragged a body out of the out of the, out of the mire uh, about a week ago. Had one of those things on it. Whole thing backfired. Completely fried the dude. I think he was trying to like run out of the city on boat. Real okay, nasty thing, then. real nasty thing. You're yeah, real brave. You're a braver person than I would. I would have just rotted in there, given a choice. Waited for someone else to get me out. Which, trust me, I, I, if, if, if you didn't come out now, I'd be working, working tirelessly to get you out there. It's my fault you ended up there. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. I just wanted you, you to enjoy some music, some culture. It's I'm... fine, it's fine. The music was uh. nice. Uh, and the entire night was ruined. That's the worst bit. There's going to be other nights. And look, look, neither of us, neither of us were doing anything wrong. So I'm sure soon enough, they're going to be like, oh, don't worry. Uh, we're real sorry this happened. We we realized that y'all didn't do anything wrong. I, I, listen, listen, you, I, Soup, you're, you're a real nice fellow. And Gienden, you too. It's just... The velvet blue, and he gets really hushed while he says this. They ain't got the reputation of always looking out for the people's best interest. Not exactly the people who's given them the money. Oh. Usually yeah. it's coming from the the upper ups, and truthfully, I think that they're more concerned that they get someone to uh, you know stand trial than to let the uh, this case go unsolved, which you know can only mean that uh. Well, they ain't got any other leads. Well, if anything, uh, there, there's that, uh, elven, there's that elven girl we saw. She's a lot more suspicious. Hold on one second. What elven girl? Oh, what? Excuse me. Are you Hugo Brassleaf? Yes, I am. I'm surprised somebody recognized oh, me. Oh my place. goodness. Oh my God. I, I did not expect to see you, see you here. I would expect a man like you. You would have been whisked off to some some merchant prince palace. You 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 are, you an all star. You I've been following you for years. Uh, are you a shaker? You a hugger? Uh, at this do point, do you do autographs? Come right here, and and and, and uh, Jack Rambo will walk up to you and give you a hug. I can't believe I'm hugging Hugo Brassleaf. This is a crazy turn of events. This is the craziest day I've ever had. You're telling me. 
I get attacked and arrested on the same day, and now they think I've had some part of it, and uh, getting in trouble for unlawful work with automatons? I was following the user manual. Oh, well, well, I'm sure someone like you, you're going to be whisked right out of this. You know, no legal trouble whatsoever. Hugo just kind of like, like eh. Listen, I heard, I heard, I, I, I never quite got a chance to visit your club. You know, I don't know if you got any sort of vacancies up there in Brimstone, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a, you know, collector of uh, coasters. And, uh, you know, so far I got a coaster of, of every single bar in the lower city and, and most of the Starlight District. But Brimstone, I mean, I mean, a guy like me, all I gotta do is get in the door, right? You know, I'll, I'll handle it from there. Well, good luck getting into Brimstone these days. There's not much. You, you, you can't help. You can't help a fellow halfling. Well, I mean, I, I, I could. Uh, I, I don't want. Sorry, I, I don't mean to, to, to press, press at all. Um, no, no, it's not that. Just Brimstone. Uh, I, I was mostly, I was mostly coming here to uh, help out these two fellas. Uh, so you're the fellow who set them up here. Uh, well, I, I didn't want to set them up. Uh, that, oh. that was kind of a little bit unintentional. I mostly just wanted them to have a good night out. Yeah, I meant set them up with the tickets, of course. Well, I'm glad you Listen. did. Soup saved my life. Well, that's, that's mighty impressive. I mean, College Macabre resources are stretched a little bit thin right now, but I mean, at least if you're free... You'll have a chance to maybe prove your innocence, right? And Sky, this is at this point like you've gathered your belongings and you've begun making your way past the door when you hear this this short er halfling individual wearing the plague doctor's mask speak to the three of them and say, uh, you know, a chance to prove your innocence. What about? Uh, oh, oh, hello, hello, ma'am. Um, oh, is this the uh, the elven individual, the elven woman you were speaking about? Uh, lovely yeah. dress, by the way. Thank Soup you. Just kind of, Soup just kind of side glances, like real wide eye, and, and and nods. Hugo turns to Sky and says, "You, you're the one who's going to get me arrested here. What is going on? You killed him, that man. You killed the what? most important man in Electra." <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, Jack definitely, like, takes a step back and doesn't really know what to say. You can't see his face, but he, he definitely kind of has a very bird-like look to him that looks very confused. Oh, that's right. Stands over a body that's been desiccated and is charred, falling apart at the seams, and then runs away, only to run away again. Yeah, try me. I've seen a couple of things. Well, I'm glad that means you're always right. I should have known. Just, what are, what are you even doing here? They're, they're not throwing you in the prison already? They haven't got all the information they need? Uh, Hugo. Take it down a little bit. I mean, she probably has something to say. Look, I'm in the same situation as the rest of you. I did nothing you know, significantly illegal. I broke a window. I broke two windows, but I did nothing else. Um, and I would be happy to pay for those two windows, by the way. Other than that, I have done 
nothing wrong. The same as you three. And I'm trapped in one of these portable, wearable electrical hazards the same way any of you are. So why well, can't all work together here? Wait, wait, wait. You're talking like, you're talking like cash is no object. This is gonna sound real rude. I don't know any easier way to ask this. Are you rich or something? No. Why? Just cause- Well, it seems like, you seem like the type to buy yourself out of trouble even if you caused it all. Um, forgive me, but last time I checked, um, in a mirror, say, I, I didn't see two rogue automatons recently shoddily repaired by Mr. Brassleaf here. That was not... Mm. I, I did exactly what the instructions said. Now look, I'm not here to start a fight. I don't actually think it's your fault. I'd love it if you'd give me the same benefit of the doubt. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but if we were to all stick together, we might be able to help each other get out of this. Yeah, I'm sorry I snapped at you. I'm a little frazzled. I understand. So you didn't kill him? No. Huh. Yanda, what do you think in all this? I think I trust you the most out of everyone. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just met this lady over here two minutes ago. I'll go along with what Gendon does. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you're kind of the only other people I know besides Jack in this city, so it's probably best that I stick with you guys. Well, I mean, we all got these quite little charming bracelets. I think the only way to get out of them is together. Sky. Yeah. You see a, uh, just a, a regular clerk, a, a younger, uh, you know, woman that you might have seen kind of, uh, be in charge of coffee runs around the back office. Uh, she approaches you carrying a small little, uh, rhinestone covered clutch. And she says, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I think that, uh, they forgot to give you back your, uh, your, your accessory. Thank you. Yes, that is that is mine. It uh, perfectly matches the um, red dress I was wearing that evening. She kind of like looks a little bit stunned. Glad I could help. And she'll start making her way out of the room. Hugo would like to take a look. And like, yeah, what just to that? kind of set the scene a little bit more. Um, you guys are kind of in that uh, sort of debriefing room at a police station. Uh, with the sort of poli the clerk desk, and you can see there's more activity beyond, but there is a door that leads outside. There's like a single sort of gritty bathroom that Jack had come out of. Um, go on, Hugo. Oh, then I'll see. Let's take this outside then, shall we? Uh, is, let me that? pick up my stuffs first. Okay. All right. Well, you've you've already all picked up your stuff. Ah. Yeah, it was just that I was sitting at a little bit that you all didn't come out at the same time. You were all not interviewed at the same time. But similar topics were approached. As we're right. walking out, I'd like to ask uh, Sky, 
what 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 is that accessory you just got? Clutch, I think. It's it's meant to be stylish. Hugo. Uh I think as a man of uh decent taste, for you do have to, you know, look the part that you play. Uh you can tell pretty on the face that this guy doesn't exactly have a lot of fashion experience. Oh, all right. Well, well, we certainly should get you a finer one if we're going to be wearing those around. That's all right. Really, it's I've I've decided it's not much my um style. Maybe a backpack or shoulder bag. As you are making your way out and you have a moment where Hugo's eyes aren't on you, do you peek inside the clutch? Yes. You find a tiny little piece of paper inside. Um, you may need to read more of it in a, in a moment, but uh, the first line that you do read says, I'm sorry. And then below that, it says... The deep dive. Is that it? Sundown. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just so. put that back in the purse and keep it under wraps for now. Sure, you just kind of awkwardly clutch it away. All right. Um, so Souping, Yendin, and Jack are probably the first ones that come out, and then Hugo and Sky are, are shortly behind. And yeah, you are all standing outside the sort of plaza in the Starlight uh -huh. District where the Maison Blue stands, this big monolithic building flying the colors of the Velvet Blue. You see that there are many... There's a sort of a docking bay where they seem to park and stable a lot of their horses and buggies. So what time is it? Uh, looking at it now, uh, it is very, very early in the morning. Like the sun oh, is just ah. beginning to peak, and and yeah, you 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 the lights above you are always bright as they are, but it is drizzling rain right now. Very dreary, not heavily, but yeah. Soup, soup's hat is just kind of pitter pattering. <laughs> Can't believe they let us stay in there the whole entire night through. Ah. Any sort of. What do you say we find a place to just go sit and talk about this? My apartment? Is it close? Is my apartment close? Um, it, you're in the Starlight District right now. Um, it would probably be a, a short walk, probably less than five minutes to get to the uh, Smokestack District. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to navigate the sort of interior housing spaces to get to. But yeah, it's, it's close enough. You could probably get there in maybe about 10 minutes of walking. Yeah, that's the most decent place I know, and to get some rest, because gosh, that concert was way past my bedtime as is. Would, I'm, I'm okay with that. Would Brimstone be closer? Uh, Brimstone would be in the upper city, so the fastest okay. way to probably get up there would be to uh, navigate around to where the Ferris wheel is. And ride that up. Otherwise, you'd basically be walking up many, many flights of stairs to basically climb the tiers of the city. Okay, apartment it is then. And and Brimstone isn't exactly a uh, a napping spot. 
I don't even have a back room. You probably would. Yeah. Nah, apartment it is. Trumpet, that's your back room. <laughs> I suppose that's. Oh good. yeah, and Hugo, that's one of the things that you you were provided now is the uh, the trumpet itself seems to have repaired itself a bit. Um, you do need to kind of tune it up before you can uh, use it properly again, though. Including the uh, the uh, the little bottling effect. Yep. Cool. You must spend an you must perform an hour long ritual, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Then let's make our way to the apartment. So, Soup, uh, would you like to describe the journey somewhat? Um, actually, before you begin traveling, Hugo, you feel someone calling your name as they seem to be walking away from the sort of awning in front of the Velvet Blue headquarters. You see an individual uh, wearing, carrying like an umbrella on their shoulder and a notepad in the other. You see it is a... Uh, a water ganasi individual um and they seem to be speaking to you and say hello excuse me um, are you hugo brassleaf yes you, you you got that right uh, I, uh my name is lloyd i am a reporter for uh tab media worldwide uh, would you would you have a moment to uh, discuss your your uh your heroic role in uh previous nights and uh incident I mean, you can spend it how you want. Still, it was a tragedy. Oh no, no, we 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 hear that you 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 do 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 much. You say you say tragedy, yes. Uh, oh. des describe your 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 scene. What what happened? Automatons that were supposed to protect attacked, and it is a tragedy. People were killed. Not to mention thousands of dollars in property damage. Property damage, indeed. In, in, in terrible death, I hear uh, uh, very tragic. Do you, do you have any, any more comment that I can make? Uh, any, anything you would like to say to the people? Hugo pauses to think for a moment. Just be careful out there. You never know when things are going to go in the opposite way that you think. And just hmm. thinks even more <laughs> that is all there's there's too much going on for, for me to say anything right now that won't be somebody will be able to construe to say whatever they want Lloyd completely understands Lloyd completely understands sorry I have to talk loud it is very noisy the rain we we discuss another time um Come to come to uh, office upper upper tier of city. He hands you the uh, a little card. Okay. Speak I'm to us. We, we we help. We we help uh, get information out. Get help with uncovering truth. The truth would be nice right now. I will I will be seeing you then. Indeed. Have good day, uh, Mr. Brassley. Sorry about your uh, troubles. That's nothing that won't be fixed with time, Lloyd. Good day. Yep. So you like look at the card, and the first thing you see is just T A B, like big letters, and then t very tiny at the bottom, it has Lloyd's name <laughs> and office number, and like a little five-digit extension where you could potentially uh, contact them via wire. 
sort of like telephone line. Yeah. But yeah, the majority of the card just says tab. Tab? Mm-hmm. All right. Lead right, the way, Soup. And... Right, so Soup, uh, after navigating the city all tired in the very early parts of the morning, fortunately the sun isn't too bright, which kind of helps with your uh, lack of sleep. But as you make your way uh, through the sort of uh, places everyone's following, um, you eventually come to a sort of wide... Uh, tunnel shape standing maybe about 10 feet tall that just goes straight into the center of the city and you can see many sort of apartment numbers labeled around here and some pathways that kind of like a maze seem to twist and navigate for the majority of Electroval's denizens are actually housed within the walls of the city yeah I start I start kind of I start kind of leading the way, and as I'm sort of getting into the groove of, oh, I'm taking people to my apartment. I haven't had guests in a while. Oh God, I haven't had guests in a while. Oh, that's that's where that's where Tony lives. That's where Roni lives. That's where Loni lives. Real nice people. They all look the same. Be careful of that. Don't mix them up. They get upset. Just kind of rambling on as they start going and getting a little bit more excited and nervous at the same time. Yes, they sound like charming fellows. Hmm. Brony will right. keep talking on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as you navigate, you eventually come to your door. Uh, would you like to take us from here, Soup? Yep. All right. So I just I first of all I knock on the door real quick, and I just kind of say, Edgar, we have guests. I open and I unlock it. I open it. And it kind of opens in directly on the kitchen, which is decently clean. Like enough of like, it's not like a disaster. Like I definitely take care of the place, except for the sink. The sink is full of dishes and there's just a bunch of vines coming up from inside of it, just spilling out of the sink and on the counter, it has kind of like a Venus flytrap mouth. Um, garbage disposal? <laughs> Interesting day four. <laughs> we promise you do the dishes! Uh, hello, Edgar? Edgar? Edgar. Does, I, does Edgar make any sounds? I mean, I've had conversation with Edgar on the regular, and if I'm nice, he does the dishes. There's like a little draft that picks up in the room and you swear that Edgar's sort of big open head kind of flops to the other side. Oh my god, Edgar's the plant? <laughs> Edgar's the, the, the plant. I have to trim him, otherwise uh, otherwise Loth might incinerate him. You see there's like a moth that uh, flies towards this sort of uh, overgrown you know, plant turn, and as it, like, lands suddenly, like, flopping onto the uh, tongue of this flytrap, it just snaps shut. <laughs> kind of that's giving you not, all a little bit of a startle. That's not how we treat guests, Edgar. Okay, we're gonna go past that. Out of character, this is not what I expected to hear. <laughs> Out of character, this is incredible. Yeah. Please, give us more of this house. <laughs> 
so I drag everyone to the living room. And we see so there's there's like there's one big couch and then and then an armchair. And on the other side where you think there'd be like stereotypically like in our world, like a TV and a TV stand, there's just the big tank that's full of mushrooms and a lot of snails. And they're all different sizes and colors. And each snail has its like favorite mushrooms it likes to hang out with. And there's like there's some lighting, but I've definitely tried to install my own in the form of like you, bioluminescent you, mushrooms with varying degrees that, of success. You, like you, you notice that there's actually a little bit toasty in here, as you see kind of growing in these sort of natural, very old sort of, uh, you know, um, pre-eclipsing type of stonework that this apartment has been renovated out of. There's these sort of mushrooms growing on a shelf at the top that are like these sort of glowing radiator caps that emanating this dry bright kind of very saturated red heat out of it all right yeah that's that's the kitchen i don't have it well stocked it's it's mostly snacks right now i gotta pick up more stuff later you see that there uh, are like vines and stuff growing out of like the cupboards not all of them, but just on, like, one half of them exactly. I really gotta clean up before my sister gets back. She doesn't like it when I let the place get unruly. Then she threatens to use a flamethrower, and it's controlled, but it's still scary! Sky, on, on, on your little stiletto heel, you see a little snail has climbed onto the toe. I try to shake it off. You, you... Roll me, roll me, uh, a strength check. Oh my no, god. Now, make a dexterity check. It's a buff <laughs> snail. Slight of foot. <laughs> Slight of foot. I want to snail snail sticky, yo. Why, I just kick a piece of furniture really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm rolling de dexterity, right? It's a straight dexterity. Okay. I want to see an artist draw a buff snail <laughs> holding on to his shoes. <laughs> what do you roll? 15? Total. You, yeah, you, you uh, kick the heel a little bit. You don't send the shoe flying, and you do kind of send a little snail plop onto the wall where it just starts climbing up. <laughs> it makes snail noises, whatever those might be. <laughs> I can imagine there's another snail in the tank, and that slowly diverts its attention over there. And the snail is noticeably like muscular for a snail, if that's even possible. And sure. it just also looks at Sky. <laughs> I make its eye contact just... with the snail, and its eye stalks it down until it regrets its actions. Roll me an intimidation <laughs> check or an animal handling, your choice. <laughs> Rolls to intimidate snail. Assert dominance. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you you have to like stare at it for like a good ten seconds because it's a snail and it's pretty slow to pick up on stuff. But certainly, uh, the snail knows that you're the alpha here. High rolls where it really matters. You you get the choice of whatever mushroom you want. I don't like <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> mm. 
Are you trying to scare Mr. Big Boy over there? No, I'm succeeding. <laughs> Yendon, what are you doing this entire time? Hurt. I am astounded at how, like, this place looks like it's been sitting, it's been just growing things for so long. And in, like, this highly developed place, it's got, it just looks so old, essentially. <laughs> Hugo's kind of trying to avoid touching anything kind of living and just kind of like sl slightly visibly a little uncomfortable with the situation. Well, this is a mighty wonderful place, Soup. Uh, I, I really I really enjoyed going for this walk and seeing your place, but I, I got to get out of here. Um, I really wish you the best of luck, though. Uh, if you need anything, please reach out to us. Uh, do you have any idea where you're going to be heading for this, uh, you know? investigation you're doing on your own to prove your innocence? Wait, who's saying this? Is that Jack? It's Jack. Oh! He hasn't left the party. <laughs> oh, I totally didn't forget either. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, sir. I really, I really Oh, no, no, no. You've been, done, been an incredible I guest. I was, was kind of looking over your head there. Uh, it's fine. I'll get it all the time. You mind he's still I wearing have, like the top hat and plague doctor mask on him. <laughs> I love this I, I nod so to him much. Understanding of the show. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but that's kind of why we brought everyone here to uh, get comfortable, discuss that. I can make well, some I got, soup. I, I really, really got a backlog that I gotta gotta wrap up. But you you know how to find me at work. Uh, mm -hmm. Just reach out to me if you need anything. Um, if if you need any recommendation, I heard something about purple lightning. I wonder if the Order of the Bold knows anything about that. They've, uh, you know, oh, handled the Arkstone for a long time. That's a good idea. They're usually yeah. willing to help folks who uh, got a good reason to. Yeah, thank you so much for, for the invitation and the tip and everything, Jack. I, oh. hey, I hey, really hey, appreciate you know it. And you know what? Don't even worry about the bail. I'll take it out of your paycheck. What? Bail? Oh yeah, I had, I had to pay bail on all y'all. Uh, well, not on that one or that one. Some some uh, some fire ganasi fellow. Uh, I think bailed Hugo out. You had him had an interesting chat. Uh, I believe his name was Alexander. Alexander. Said he was impressed with the performance. Well, I mean, I'm glad. I don't know an Alexander. Hmm. Very gracious. Well, yeah. you know that's another trail for you to chase. Yeah, I'm going Anyway, to. I think this is where uh, I'm going to leave all y'all to uh, take a little bit of a napper. Hmm? Can I ask if you know who bailed me out? Don't exactly know. Uh, I'm, I mean, I only knew him because I was getting a conversation and he mentioned that he was coming to pay the bail for Hugo Brassley, but I was like, Hugo Brassley? <laughs> How does this guy not get immediately picked up by his producer? It's like the biggest hot shot there is. No pun intended, sir. <laughs> Hugo feels a little better at having having his ego stoked like that. But yeah, no, no. I mean, I I, I don't know. Maybe you need to speak to the department yourself. Hmm. All right. Anyway, I'm, best yeah. of luck and. Uh, oh, sorry, Mr. Brassleaf. You were saying? No, just muttering to myself, Alexander. I know that name. Gio, um, 
Roll me just an intelligence check. Oh boy. Okay, that's not bad. Holy crap. Dirty 20. Okay. You've heard the name. I've just heard of a fire gnasi named Alexander. You would actually know. Uh, your patron of sorts does most of his business through uh, business contacts, family, as he calls them. You, you might have seen Alexander perhaps maybe five, ten years ago when he was a younger individual, a child at the time, who uh, was a young, the youngest member of the family, essentially expected to take on the reins of most of the business. And maybe, maybe you even, with that role, you would even think that uh, Jaren might have mentioned that Alexander would be in attendance tonight. Hmm. Or perhaps you saw that on the guest list. Hmm. Alexander. I have to find this fellow. Alexander Embercrest, you would know specifically. Thank you. Of course. Uh, Jack will uh, look at all y'all and say, Well, uh, I'm looking at all y'all, and uh, I appreciate uh, you, uh, you know, being freaking honest with me. I really wish you the best of luck, because, uh, you know, finding a couple workers like you two, uh, well, it's, uh, it's exactly that easy. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, If you do come across the victims of last night, treat them well. Oh, oh, absolutely. I uh, who do you think they called in to do the autopsy on Mr. Gilded? Hmm. I gotta say, it was an honor. Wait, you did the autopsy on him? Oh, absolutely. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the most famous mortician in Electroval. How did he die? Oh, real crazy thing. That People kept talking about this purple Latin, and it's been, been getting me thinking, I've never seen marks like that before. It's like Arkstone power, but, but not quite. Not Aether Tech either, but kind of reminiscent a little bit. I don't exactly understand that technology, but no, he, he died and basically burnt a hole straight through his heart. So, uh, what, what kind of tool or, or implement might you need to, uh, to do that to somebody? Don't know, but whoever did it, uh, approached him from behind and it had two little prawns, uh, stuck to it. Would it be large? Conspicuous in any way? I mean... Considering how uh, the uh, the galvanic switchboard and other engineers and tinkerers and artificers uh, managed to keep packing down the amount of power we can route into tiny objects, I imagine uh, it could be probably be something handheld. Okay, but not something that was found on me when I was arrested. I mean, I'd be I'd be happy to talk about that another time, but uh. I mean, I, not that I know. I didn't see the evidence. They just kind of brought me in and uh, asked how this dude died. They all seemed puzzled about it. Not even their uh, standard mortician knew what to do about it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I didn't catch your name, by the way. The name's Jack Rambo. Sky. Sky. Well, so long, Sky. So long, Soup. So long, Yenin. So long, uh, Mr. Hugo Brassley. Best of luck with your career. And with yours. Of course. Hope to hope to be passing drinks with you up in uh, Brimstone sometime. Hope to see you All right, um, alive. Goodbye, Mr. Uh, was it Beefy Boy? Yes. We'll fill breath of snail tank. <laughs> All right. See y'all. And uh, there'll just be a as uh, he closes the door behind him.
É de livro. All of you are exhausted and tired. Yep. Huh. So I got the couch right here. There's Lope's room. She's not home right now, but that's that's one bed. And I got Looking my bed over there. Lope's bed is pristinely made. Does anyone try to claim it? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. If we're all going to lie down, may I? Um, uh, sure, yeah. Like gesturing to, to Loaf's bed, since it, it seemed like we were all going to lie down. I got my bed. Yeah, and you see there's like a, a sort of a vine-like hammock, or probably like a hammock that's made out of rope, but it's just kind of been overgrown with vine, um, kind of mounted in the corner near the snail tank. I have Little shelves of mushroom growing off the rope. I have recreated the swamp in my house. <laughs> Indeed. And it's like one of those things where you have like two roommates living in the same space, but both of them have completely different styles. Like one of them literally has brought the, the swamp into the home and the other is like, they, they can't even let a an odd number of pencils sit in a jar. How does the couch look? Couch? Soup? Would the couch be okay? The couch is pretty okay. It might be a little damp. Yeah, it's, it's maybe, maybe like, you might want to lay a sheet over it, but it's not like it's got shelves of, of fungus and algae growing on it. Could I have the couch? Yeah, go ahead. Could I have the couch and some blankets? Several. Uh, if you have any. I think Lope has extra. She tends to get cold. And I just kind of go and go into her closet. Or not towards your closet. First, I, my brain just goes immediately for the file cabinets. I opened a bunch of file cabinets, shut them again, and then go to the closet like, that's not where you keep blankets. And then I get the blankets. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm waiting for everyone else to get settled before I find a spot. All right. Uh, well, I guess I'll uh, take soup? the hammock. <laughs> okay. Wait. You Wait, is that your bed? Uh, Soup, do you do you interrupt Gendon climbing into your hammock? I don't know why I thought people would be okay with sharing the big bed or that you would get the big bed because you're a bigger fella. <laughs> uh, uh, I, totally forgot, I totally forgot to think about the size of the bed and the size of me. <laughs> I mean, Hugo, you, you're, you're a little man needs a big space, aren't you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and right. rich, boy, rich boy jazz star space. <laughs> so Yenden has claimed the hammock as you sag into it, and it just kind of creaks beneath you, Yenden, but holds your weight. Sky just kind of lies down on the couch after laying down a couple of blankets and begins trancing. And Hugo just slams the door as they lie down on the biggest, nicest bed in the place. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Ugh. And Sue, where, where do you want to lie down? I'm just so tired. I just collapse on the floor. I just pass out like night. All right, you just lie and down as, on the rug. And as soon as as soon as I'm out, all the mushrooms, all the mushrooms in the house turn off as well. 
Yeah, so it's like you do that and you go to like turn off like the electric light above you and it's just like a moment where it's just like the red and the green and the blue lights in there and all of you are kind of looking at that and then Soup snaps their fingers and all of them dim. Nice. Nice. So it's just, so you're not completely blinded in here. I mean, most of you have dark vision. Um, half of you have dark vision, actually. Um, but, but yeah, there's just Dude, a very faint amount of... a dance party. There's just a very faint amount of dim light remaining. But yeah. Uh, I'm gonna like lay a blanket on soup. <laughs> All right. They're just out like a light. Is this a short rest or a long rest? Well, uh, I think that this is where we are going to uh, end the episode here, and everyone can take a long rest. Yes. Yeah. I get my spells. <laughs> See everyone next time. You have been listening to Electrovolt, as featured on Dice Carnival. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember to always salt your water before boiling. Farewell. <laughs>